0: You are listening to the AI with Maribel Lopez podcast or AI with ML. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining. The AI with ML podcast is produced bi weekly with occasional bonus episodes. This podcast shares the stories of the people behind the new world of data and AI. What are they creating and why does it matter? If you like this episode, please subscribe so you can easily find the podcast again. You can also share your feedback and ideas with me on Twitter and LinkedIn. All links are in the show notes. Extended show notes can be found at AI with ML.com slash podcasts. I hope you'll enjoy the show. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez. And today I thought I'd share a few quick thoughts on a concept I'm researching in AI. As an industry analyst, my clients frequently ask big questions such as "What's the future of AI Now, I know some individuals brand themselves as futurists. I personally have had enough failed predictions that I wouldn't include myself in this group instead of taking a slightly more pragmatic approach to technology since I left Forrester research. Well, I must say, I do miss sitting in a room with my friends hashing out big ideas. I also enjoy these discussions with business leaders that are trying to use technology to really make a difference in their companies. The question came from a financial services company who was already well down the path of leveraging AI for multiple types of use cases. When pondering an answer to a question that large, such as what is the future of AI, I couldn't help but answer better AI. And while that seems flippant, stay with me here for a moment. Better AI is AI that was designed with ethics, security, and responsibility built in from the start. Many companies that have already embraced AI are now facing serious issues with ethics. In a previous AI with ML podcast, Alice Shang from Sony discussed the need for businesses to layer in ethics at the beginning of a company's AI journey. Because it's very difficult to rewind and repair issues with Um, Issues such as biases in machine learning models. Yet, many organizations don't seem to be taking action. A recent FICO study revealed that 93% of companies said responsible AI was critical for success. But only 33% of these companies were measuring AI models to ensure these models were operating as expected, measuring for a concept called model drift. Yikes! I mean, meanwhile, a different survey by Pew Research revealed that 68% believe that ethical principles focused primarily on the public good will not be employed in most AI systems by 2030. And we've had a lot of discussions about uh, government use of facial recognition, social media data being used by third-party organizations that weren't supposed to have access to it, healthcare data being used by uh, companies that we didn't think should have access to it. So I'll place the links to both of these reports and some other research in the show notes. Um, you get that this is important. I know that everybody's listening to this, understands this is important. So let's talk about a few ways that we might eliminate or alleviate these potential issues. From where I sit, technology and business leaders need to focus on four areas to accomplish a well-functioning ethical AI strategy. At Lopez Research, I refer to these groups of tasks as seed, that's S-E-E-D. Why? Well, perhaps because industry analysts love to create acronyms. Uh, But SEED stands for security, ethics, explainability, and data. Now, each of these concepts could be a podcast in itself and probably will become podcasts uh, at some later date. But I wanted to spend a few minutes describing this concept security. While it might not seem obvious, a robust AI security strategy requires an embedded security strategy. And what I've discovered in my conversations with many organizations is that they're looking at software-based security strategies, which is great, but few of them are evaluating the hardware level security and components such as CPUs, GPUs, AI accelerators, and all the new things that they're going to be leveraging to create uh, connected data, AI-enabled strategies. So IT leaders should also um, be looking to build software security into models, and I I guess I would say IT, data scientists, like everybody in the stack needs to think about security, right? We're starting to see attacks such as poisoning, evasion, deepfakes, backdoors, model extraction. For example, adversarial data poisoning attacks in machine learning models can maliciously introduce inaccurate data, and this data is designed to corrupt the model's ability to be accurate. And scary things happen when this occurs. Uh, Imagine adding inaccurate data into healthcare models that define the appropriate dose of a specific drug. This type of attack could literally produce deadly results. Another security threat is model extraction, model cloning, where a hacker finds a way to either reconstruct a model or extract the training data. This type of threat could be considered model stealing to gain access to proprietary formulas, such as drug synthesis, stock trading models, uh, uh, customer data, you know, anything that you might not want stolen. This is the idea behind this type of uh, attack. And so now that you're aware that AI models can be subject to security attacks, what are some of the things you should be looking for? Well, you should go back and think about, Does your existing set of hardware have embedded security? The second thing you should do is you should frequently test your models to ensure that they're operating as planned. Um, This is one of the best ways to pick up on potential issues. And to do this, create a diverse cross-functional team that includes business leaders, data science experts, IT leaders. These individuals need to work together to regularly review the outcomes of AI models. One of the things I see a lot of organizations do is they have a model, they train the model, and then they're not as necessarily as diligent about machine learning lifecycle management. So this is important. It's one of the ways that I think you'll pick up on security threats and a lot of other things. Now, the E, not surprisingly, stands for ethics. (laughs) So as I mentioned a moment ago, ethics should be designed into the model creation and refinement process. The ethics process starts with defining the potential positive and negative outcomes of the model that you're creating. Uh, once the team has evaluated and determined harmful effects, and this could be you know, understanding that uh, your data might have certain beliefs in it or a certain uh, organizational dynamics in your data. It's your responsibility to eliminate or minimize the impact of the data on your model outcomes. So it's critically important to review the impact of these models in production and shut down any models demonstrating issues. So an example of this was an experiment of um, a public beta release that Microsoft had of TAG, which was a Twitter chat bot. And the idea was to create a bot that could learn and engage with people through casual, playful conversation. And you would think that in order to do that, you'd want to use community-based training, which they did. They had it out in Twitter and rapidly individuals were basically teaching Tay bad things, propagating lots of negativity and they had to shut down the experiment immediately. So, A lesson to take away from this is that you have to be very careful about the data in your training models, who has access to train those models, and constantly review the outputs of the models to make sure that they are operating as you had intended. Now, I want to be specific about another AI ethics issue that we've been talking about in the field. Everyone expects government to create a set of ethical AI frameworks. I believe this will happen. Organizations need to be ahead of the curve in adopting ethical practices. Organizations that start with using ethical AI will really be better positioned to deal with customer privacy concerns, regulatory compliance concerns, and and frankly, it's just the right thing to do. But the downside of not doing it is quite risky. If you don't do it yourself, you'll eventually be forced to do it. And when that happens, it's very difficult to bootstrap these efforts and meet regulatory compliance. Now, certain laws governing the ethical use of data in AI are expected to be finalized this year, such as the European Commission's proposed legal framework for AI. So basically, get on top of it now, you'll be so much happier later. The second E stands for explainability. Now, as models become more sophisticated, it's Becoming more difficult to explain why a model created a specific outcome. Uh, In that FICA Responsible AI report, 65% of respondents said they could not explain how specific AI model decisions or predictions are made. And only 35% of their organizations made an effort to use AI in a way that was transparent and accountable. All right, this is a problem. Companies are running into this issue today. For example, if you're a bank, you need to understand how a model came to a conclusion to deny a mortgage, to accept a credit card application. We're seeing this happen in real life right now. Senior executives need to understand what data was used in creating new pricing or supply chain optimization strategies. HR leaders need to know why AI models select a certain set of resumes to review for a position versus other resumes. Many of today's models are considered black box models that lack explainability. A black box model is a system that uses inputs and outputs to create model and information without any knowledge of its internal working. So that means it's very difficult to explain how this model came up with a certain insight or a certain decision. And companies are going to be challenged when they're using these models to deal with explainability. So every business should review its existing models and perhaps look at some of the new research projects and open source toolkits that can be found on github.com that support interpretability and explainability of machine learning models. And also keep in mind that explainability isn't a one-size-fits-all. Different stakeholders need different types of information. So much of the explainability to date that we have created is focused on getting data and information to data scientists so that they can understand how the model works. And that is important and necessary, but we also need to help line of business users understand how decisions are made so that when they're asked, they'll be able to articulate this to uh, regulators, to customers, to other stakeholders in the business. Now, the D stands for data, and in my original thoughts on creating this acronym, I actually spelled SEED, S-E-E-A-D, and the A stood for accuracy, and I've combined this with data now because it's really two sides of the same coin. You have to have correct, accurate data to create and update models, so data accuracy, accuracy is just part of data when you're thinking of models. Now, the second thing is I could have had an A that stood for augmentation as well, uh, because for most organizations, you need to augment your data. Uh, there are several issues with data that we need to look at. One is making sure that you have representative data from all groups. Most organizations don't have this, so they'll need to think of data augmentation. We've seen this issue happen in... In images that are in the internet, we've seen this issue in uh, criminal records. This issue is all over the place. The second um, thing to think about is you might be missing data. In some cases, uh, people have large blocks of data that's just missing. So if you have to fill in missing data, that's a different data augmentation problem. We spoke about inaccurate data, but there's also... um, what I would call a change in societal norms around data. So, things that may have been accurate at one time in your historical data uh, may not be relevant now because rules have changed, insights have changed. So, you have to keep an eye to that. There's another problem that I've recently discovered in data models, and that's the concept that you may have a certain event that makes all of the data before it, not necessarily relevant for putting into a new model. So for example, one of the things that happened was many airlines and travel companies had to redo their models as a result of changes in travel that were brought on by the pandemic. So do we do pricing models based on pre-pandemic or (laughs) post-pandemic? These are the types of discussions that you have to have, which really gets to the fact that Uh, data and model creation is fluid. And that it is, I have to go back to this so many times that machine learning models and AI is a life cycle. It is a learning entity. It is something that you constantly have to go back and be on top of. And part of that is making sure that you have the right data and that there might be changes in data that you need to be aware of. So over the past six months, I've spoken to some companies that have interesting research projects and are delivering open source tools that can help companies pick up on things like potential biases and models. I think this is very exciting and useful work. Um, So these are a few of the things I've been thinking about as it is related to creating a better future for AI and businesses. And please reach out if you're working in this field, or if you have any insights or suggestions you'd like to share. Uh, If you're listening to this and you have any suggestions for podcasts, I'd really like to hear about that as well. Uh, Looking forward to connecting with you. You can contact me on the contact us form on the website, aiwithml.com. Or if you're following me on LinkedIn, uh, we can do that there as well, or on Twitter. I look forward to engaging with you and go create great ethical AI. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Show notes, subscription links, and additional content can be found at aiwithml.com slash podcasts. Until next time, wishing you all the best.